welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, the official podcast of MCU Exchange, and your best place to keep up with all of the news, reviews, and speculation concerning the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Our panel today is our usual crew. We have Adam at Adam Barnhart on Twitter, A-D-A-M-B-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T, and Rhiannon, also known as Brooklyn Wallace online. She's on Twitter at Shot of Patron. I am Caleb, and I'm on Twitter at Caleb A. Borcher, C-A-L-E-B-A-B-O-R-C-H-E-R-S. Uh, we're happy to be with you guys. This is, we're recording right now on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, which means if you're used to getting your podcast on Sunday evening, uh, there is a high probability that you are listening to this on Monday instead, because uh, I'm not going to have a ton of editing time. Uh, guys, are you planning to uh, watch the Super Bowl tonight, or you got other plans? My plans are to not watch the Super Bowl. I normally love the Super Bowl, but I doubt I'll stay awake for it. I also doubt I can pick it up on the TV in my place. I'd have to go to a bar. We will have lots of people at our house, so it is going to be a very busy evening. Uh, obviously, we live in New England, so we have very many uh, friends who are vested in their interests uh, at the Super Bowl. So, wow, I am getting some real stink face <laughs> on the uh, live cast. Good gracious. Uh, pa- or not Panther. Uh, Patriots fans are obnoxious. You're not. You're all right. But most Patriots fans. I guess Eagles fans aren't better. Yeah, I think the thing that's hard is... There are like particularly young Patriots fans or Boston fans literally do not know any different. Like they sound arrogant and smug, but they're just living out the reality of having won a championship basically every year for the first 20 years of their lives. Not just the Patriots, but you know, like here with the Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins, like kids around here, literally we tease about how like some kids are like, I don't want to go to the parade this year. You know, the Super Bowl parade. It's just, it's, it's going to be too cold. Last year it was kind of rainy. Like that is how entitled they are. And they don't mean to be obnoxious snots. It's just, you know, it's what happens when your, your teams win that much. So, which I'm sure even that sounds ridiculously annoying to people that are listening. Yeah. That sounds, (laughs) it sounds very obnoxious. Though I had to give kudos. So I stopped at lunch at a place today and they, I mean, it's very common here that they're out of half the menu and the woman comes around and she's like, no salads, no fillies. And I was just like, no Philly cheesesteak, no, you know, like whatever. And like, after I heard her explain that to like the fourth person and I was like, you're literally not selling Philly cheesesteaks and Philly chicken, whatever, like anything with Philly in the title for a reason today. <laughs> That's funny. <perhaps." laughs> All right, we're going to jump into our news. Uh, I'm right now scanning through all the things that happened this week. Uh, First of all, we have heard a little more about Avengers 4. Evangeline Lilly was asked about being in uh, that movie, and she kind of gave us the impression that she wouldn't be in it too much. She said, I'll appear, but not very much, so don't get your hopes up. Not going to be a ton, but I'm in there. I'm proud to be in there, and I'm stoked to be in there. Uh, other than finishing all our sentences within there, do you have uh, any thoughts about, uh, is this disappointing to you, Rihanna? Were you hoping that Wasp would be expanding a little more uh, into Avengers roles now that she's uh, made it into an Ant-Man movie and Avengers 4 is coming? I, I, You know, we have enough characters that we care about deeply already heading into Avengers. So 
you can only have so much focus. Um, so I don't really there. care that much if she's in there. <laughs> I don't care. This is if the Doctor Seuss there, episode. Okay? I do not care if she's anywhere. I do not care if she's in a bear. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, go ahead, Adam. Did you have any thoughts on her? Yeah. Yeah. The. Yeah, there's so much stuff going on. You know, I mean, we're probably going to have to cope with Cap or Tony dying, you know. So, I mean, like characters like Wong, you know, um, Wasp. Yeah, it's cool that they're in there. I mean, uh, Carol Danvers is supposed to be in A4 too, right? So, I mean, I don't know. You know, there's going to be so much stuff going on that anything that's... There's going to be a lot of stuff that's, I don't want to say forgettable, but obviously not everyone can have a list. Yeah, I can appreciate there are some, I feel like there are some fans of the character, and there does seem to be some Wasp fans, which I always find kind of interesting, who just will, uh, they're kind of annoyed um, because she was so important, like early on in the Avengers and was a founding member of the team of the comics. They just feel like it's taken a long time to get to her. They felt like she was kind of unnecessarily absent from Ant-Man that they could have put her in. Like there's this whole story logic of like, why, why does Michael Douglas say send Paul Rudd in instead of his daughter? Like she's more capable. And so they went through a whole movie of, will she show up? And then they just got a costume and now they're finally seeing her again three years later. And it just feels like there's not enough respect for a character of, a lot of significance uh, in the comic books, so I can kind of appreciate that that philosophy, you know. Uh, it looks like Black Panther is uh, projected to go even higher in their box in the box office. Um, it's just it keeps climbing and climbing and climbing. Uh, the latest numbers are that uh, there's a thought that it could hit a hundred and fifty dollars. $150. At least $150. I think we know people who are going to spend that much by themselves. Uh, $150 million. Uh, this. <laughs> yeah, it it's will be down in humans. It's going to be better than in humans, okay? Um, so that box office just keeps climbing. I don't, I don't know that there's that much to talk about. I mean... It does seem like this is becoming a new sweet spot for movies, right? As far as Deadpool did really well on sort of this Valentine's Day weekend a few years ago. And now we're seeing Black Panther there as well. Um, and we could talk about how great Black Panther looks like it's going to be. I feel like we've done that a lot. Um, it kind of tells us that Marvel can realistically put out four movies a year because there's increasingly new windows now where they can make lots and lots of money, even if it's not a traditional summer blockbuster, you know? Yeah, I mean, if it opens up at 150, that's that's up there, right? We're talking about what third or fourth, maybe like the third or fourth best opening in the MCU, or am I kind of overshooting that? It's looking like it's right around five, so it would crack the top five, I think. I think it's definitely gonna push that. I don't know. Do you guys think it could get 150? I mean, the buzz is huge around it. You know, I can't remember a time, at least when I've been super in-depth in the MCU, that the buzz around a movie's been this large. I think they're hitting new audiences, and they've they've got some massive support. 
Um, and it's something that we've never seen. Uh, you know, it's it's a new mix of genres, and it's something that a lot of people have really been wanting to see. And I think anything could happen. I think it's really possible for it to hit it just because uh, it feels fresh and it feels new. Uh, the last couple of times, I think we've been disappointed a little bit. At least I have been with like Guardians 2 and Civil War that it felt like it wasn't as buzzy as we thought it would be. But they were all sequels. I think it, this one has got this rare thing where it's got super buzz without being a sequel. And so it feels fresh as well as be really anticipated. So, so Caleb, how does that translate for like total box office? If they do hit $150 million opening weekend, does that mean it'll cross a billion? Does that mean that it's on track for like $1.2 or some crazy amount? Like, do you have any idea of how that works out? I mean, we could we could try some rough numbers. So uh, 150 would be a big opening. And then the question becomes the multiplier, right? Uh, multiplier means how much does it make? Uh, when you take the opening weekend, what would you multiply that for its total gross? So movies, uh, movies that really bomb tend to do like one and a half time multiplier. Almost all Marvels hit at least a two-time multiplier. The bigger ones, like the Civil War, uh, Age of, or Civil War and Age of Ultron, I think they were like a 2.3, 2.4 multiplier because they opened so big. Um, but a really, a really loved movie like Guardians could get a three-time multiplier. So 150. I think it's got good word of mouth. Let's say conservatively, it's a two and a half times. That means that by the time we're done, we're looking at uh, $375 million domestic, 400 domestic. If it hits that, then the question comes, what's its mix of domestic versus foreign? Uh, Marvel movies usually are f somewhere between uh, 40 and 55, 60% uh, domestic. Uh, Spider-Man did really well overseas, so... Like last year, it managed to be third of the three movies domestically, but first internationally because it was so big international. This movie, I don't, I don't know what to do with it on that part because, um, you know, like if we're being, like the thing that's hard about it is you would think in some ways it would appeal to international audiences because it's an international hero. It's not like Captain America where the flags wrapped around him. But the flip side is, uh, and there's been a little, you know, I, I've talked a little bit on Twitter about this, and I don't know how to feel. Chadwick Boseman has very little international box office experience uh, because he has this interesting career where he's played civil rights leaders, he's played baseball and football players, but he's played people that are very American in their interests. So when you look at it, Captain America Civil War is the only movie he's had that had a major worldwide release at all. Everything else, uh, you know, 42, I guess, did okay in Japan because they like baseball. But there's just almost no international history or track record for him as a star. So I don't know what to think about this one. Could they make 60% of their money overseas? Maybe. Could it be that they only make 40% overseas? Sure. I just I, I don't I don't know how to gauge that. I don't have a good concept of what Chinese people think about Black Panther. So <laughs> um, if the number is about 400 domestic, then, you know, if we put it in the middle, if it's 50 50, that's 800 million overall. I think a billion is possible. 
I just don't have any idea how international audiences will respond. So that's a very long and nerdy answer to your question. I don't know if it answers it well, but. Well, and with that, I just looked up Creed because, I mean, it's it's Ryan Coogler's. Um, it's it's a lot. You know, you've got Michael B. Jordan in that and Tessa Thompson. Um, it did 63% domestic and 36 you know, and change. So it was 63, 37, 37% born. So that 60, 40 might be what we expect. And the other thing we have to, you know, there may be some, somebody might be think, listening and thinking, well, it'll do really well in Africa because it's a movie about an African character. But I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've even seen really, I mean, there's some box office receipts from Africa, but usually we talk about international market. We're talking about China, South Korea, Japan, Australia, uh, Western Europe, Argentina, Mexico. Um, to my knowledge, there's just a very, there's just not a lot of box office that comes out of Africa. So uh, there's all kinds of issues. I, I don't know, again, how does an Argentinian uh, audience that maybe loved Doctor Strange, how do they respond to a character like this? I, I don't know. You know, I just... I feel like it's very murky for me to have any guess what that's going to be like. So, all right. Uh, Kevin Feige this week was asked about uh, X-Men and the Fantastic Four. And uh, basically he said, we're not thinking about that yet. Uh, the sense I got is he is really committed to finishing out this phase all the way through uh, Avengers 4. And he's going to kind of handle everything else as it comes. Uh, which I think is what we've been kind of hearing. Um, I guess I'll ask it this way. Adam, do you believe Kevin Feige? Or do you think that he's secretly planning some uh, Avengers 4 post credit scenes to kind of kick us off in the next direction? Kevin Feige knows exactly what he's going to do. I, I'm, I have the utmost confidence. I mean... Even throughout all these negotiations or, or talks between Disney and Fox, you know, a guy in, in Feige's shoes, I mean, even in the back of his mind, he was probably having thoughts of what's going on. So he might not be thinking about it right now, like he said in the interview, but I'd be a betting man that he's thought exactly what he wants to do with them. I mean, a post-credits tag or a, or a cameo or a mention or, or something like that would fit still kind of fit right in the, the timeline of Avengers 4. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Everyone's chomping at the bit to get, get like, a Wolverine trilogy and all this stuff. You know, I mean, the Fantastic Four or X-Men aren't neither of my favorite properties. So, I don't know. But I have confidence that Feige knows exactly how he's going to introduce both properties. You don't get where Feige got. And get those. Pro I mean, you don't you don't create what he has helped create and what he has brought along by only thinking about what's directly in front of you. So yeah, he's focusing. He wants the attention on what's about to come out. But I'm calling a big old pile of bullcrap on him not thinking beyond this. Well, this has been their mo. I mean. They were trying to build an MCU all the way back in Iron Man, but they didn't come out. They were like, 
hey, like maybe some other comic universe might do where they're like, hey, we've just greenlit 18 movies and they're all going to come together this way. You know, like they just kind of, they did the planning, but they didn't brag about it. And I think that's, uh, yeah, that's just their way. And so I'm sure they do have thoughts and plans. And, uh, you know, part of it is he wants to surprise us and it's not going to surprise us or be exciting if he goes, Oh yeah, we've got a stinger at the end of Avengers four. That's good. Like we want to be in the theater and lose our minds when that happens. So, uh, their ability to keep secrets is what makes Marvel so great. So let's do this to finish out the news. Uh, we have got a new trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp that happened this week since we last recorded a podcast. Uh, let's just kind of talk about the trailer go through it. Um, I don't know. We'll review the trailer, I guess, if that's the way to put it. But um, let's go ahead and fit that in here. Uh, if you haven't seen, we had a new trailer. Um, there's lots of shrinking and getting bigger. Uh, excuse me. I'm waiting for the day that I get bored of shrinking and stuff getting bigger. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess that was my big takeaway is I was really impressed how they were doing the same kind of thing. But in new ways that really were exciting and interesting to me. So generally, did you guys enjoy the trailer? Does it make you interested uh, in the movie a little bit more? What was your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I don't... I don't know what I was expecting with this, you know? It it still seems like it's going to be a very different tone, especially to the two other movies we see this year with Black Panther and Infinity War. Um... I mean, Wasp is going to kick ass, you know, from what we've seen in the thing, the whole kind of, I would say it's probably this trailer's money shot of her running upside the knife. Um, and then they use a uh, Hello Kitty Pez as a huge ginormous weapon. So uh, that's going to be interesting. It looks, um, it looks, it still looks different. You know, I'm, I'm trying not to think about the science behind shrinking an entire building. Um, and how he had built a handle into the building and exploded it or made it ginormous. Um, but yeah, we get Giant Man again. We got our first look at Ghost, and Ghost looks awesome. Um, but yeah, no Janet or really Goliath yet. Obviously, we saw Lawrence Fishburne, but we don't know if he's going to get big or not. I'm guessing he will. Uh, it would be pretty Hopefully. disappointing if they, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Adams, I mean, that's where, I mean, I wish somebody had not pointed out the physics errors with the, that surround the Ant-Man universe, and I had just gone on not thinking about it, in which case I would have enjoyed the trailer a whole lot more. Um, so, like, I, the, the, if I can just sit back and enjoy it for what it is and not question things... Shrinking the building was cool as could be. That was just awesome. I hadn't even thought about the handle. Thanks, Adam. Way to go. Um, I, I, the physics of it is going to bother me. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. Keeping the same mass, whatever size you are, so you might be a very little heavy thing, or you might be a very big light thing. Um, it just doesn't work with what they're doing with everything. So if I can, if I can just set that aside, it looks very cool. 
things got big, things got small. There was a wasp flying around. Um, you know, it, there, there were jokes. There was humor. Um, not nearly enough Lewis. I kind of hoped the trailer would be him. I, I hope there's a trailer before it comes out of him just sort of, you know, explaining the movie. Or, um, you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to see more. Yeah, I was really impressed. Um, I, the visuals, I just, you know, like the special effects were great. Like, you know, Adam mentioned the knife scene. Like, the way the, you know, if these movies are just two people punching each other, we've seen people punch each other before, you know? And so um, the fact that they did something that was new and as they did, I'm like, oh you know like that's the thing that this movie's got going for it is the like wow that's so cool kind of like thing and um i honestly did not believe they had that in them anymore i just didn't know how long this i don't know the, the power set would continue to be interesting and so far they're doing a good job so um you know, and the Pez dispenser and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that was that was kind of fun. Adam, you mentioned, I think online, you really enjoy the, uh, you enjoyed Ghost's look, uh, at least, you know, visually kind of yeah. what we're looking at. Yeah, I think that so. That's, again, that's a character that they could virtually do whatever the heck they want with because the characters, I don't want to say non-existent in the comics, but it, there's just not the mythos there. Um but yeah, I think it. I think how they made her look was pretty good. Um, that's the one thing I. You know, you watch the teaser and you have. I mean, obviously there was conflict with the knife throwing and all that stuff, but, I mean, we didn't really see a villain. You know, we got a super quick glimpse of Ghost, um, and we got. I mean, you had to pause and look to see Goggins' character on the ferry. Um, but I mean, the only time they were fighting was the henchmen, you know? So I wonder, you know, plot lines, how, how everything's going to tie in. I mean, Goggins is playing, uh, I would guess an employee of cross or some something. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm just kind of curious to how that's going to go. And if, I don't know if, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it's. I mean, it follows up a movie where we get Thanos, so I'm not anticipating big old time villains, you know. But I still want them to have some substance, you know. I don't know. It just, at least from the teaser, I mean, obviously we didn't get a fair look at either of them. But I do want to see, I'm kind of interested where the plot goes. You know, Ghost is not a character, I feel like, with a lot of backstory, but what's there is a lot of, like, espionage, corporate espionage kind of stuff. Um, and it seems like Ghost and Goggins are teaming up to steal this building with the handle in it. And, uh, I don't know, the whole first movie was about stealing pin particles, and if the whole second movie is about trying to steal pin particles, you know, like... I just want to see a little diversity. I, I'd rather not, you know, have a second movie about... It just seems very similar to what we saw in the first one as far as tech and corporate intrigue and all that kind of stuff. So. And that's that's the other thing. You know, I figured this movie was going to be mostly trying to get Janet back. 
I mean, we maybe caught a glimpse of them going subatomic or something like that, you know? So maybe that is going to be the primary plot and Ghost and I don't even know who Goggins is playing. Sonny, Sonny Birch, is that it? Um, if they're just kind of there to provide some conflict and they're not meant to be true villains, I don't know. You know, I guess I don't know what to expect. I mean, just in general, my thought is like, when we got that first trailer for Thor, when we got the first, you know, teaser for Ragnarok, the first teaser trailer for Black Panther, for Infinity War, like all of them, like it was like, oh my God. And we, it, it was pure excitement. This one, I was just like, ah, okay, it's still coming. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it and stuff. It's just, it didn't manage to get me more excited than I may have already been. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it's really interesting timing. So the reviews for Black Panther hit earlier that morning, right? The uh, not full reviews, but like the Twitter reviews or whatever, the embargo on social media responses. So we were already like reading like all these quotes about like Coogler's made the best MCU movie yet. And we're like, oh, we're like all hyped about that. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp comes in. They're like, hey, we've got Pez dispensers and, <laughs> and Matchbox cars. And it's like. Like, I, I don't, it kind of worked against it. Like, in a way, Marvel was, like, stacking the deck so they owned the day as far as, like, the news cycle and stuff. But it was kind of a weird thing to have those right on top of each other, you know? It was even more weird. So I'm, I am a fan of the Arrowverse on the CW and the villain of the week on The Flash the night before they released the trailer was a dude named Dorfstar and his powers were to shrink and expand things. And, like, his big thing was he shrunk a building. So I'm like, hmm, I just saw this. It was just weird timing that The Flash had the whole pretty much teaser trailer in the episode the night before. Yeah, it kind of reminded me. um, I remember Luke Cage came out, like, two days after the Doctor Strange set visit embargo lifted. I don't know if you guys remember this. So, like, we were all prepped for Luke Cage stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Doctor Strange stuff flooded the, you know, the the internet. I was like, we thought it was kind of a weird Marvel TV, not communicating with Marvel film kind of thing. But um, it also, I, I mean, it was, it was just like they weren't communicating. I just feel like this one's a little similar of like, just, I don't know why they couldn't give each other 24 hours to breathe, you know, so. All right, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So... We'll do a little bit of, uh, we'll do one news thing real quick before we go into our review. Uh, we have found out that we are now four weeks away from our next episode, right? The next three weeks are off for the Olympics. Um, we've talked a lot about the pods and how the pods helped kind of deal with the hiatus issues and, you know, like made it not feel so stop start. Um, the first thing that strikes me is that like, this is actually a pretty good spot. Like we haven't been told there'd be officially pods, but it feels like the future pod is over and we're going to go back to the modern time. And that this was like very intentional that we got this break at this spot. Does that feel that way to you guys too? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Uh, what'd you think of the episode? What was, uh, what was, <laughs> One day we'll do a. Uh, one day we should do a podcast where I shouldn't give you this idea. Where you guys just say yes to everything. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? You're like, yeah, 
sure. And I just have to come up with stuff for an hour. No. <laughs> What'd you guys think of this week's uh, episode? Uh, generally, did you like it? Did you not like it? All that kind of stuff. I enjoyed it. Um, it had some. It had some fun twists. It took us places. It finally wrapped up some of the storylines that started to feel were dragging. Um, and it definitely. You know, if you didn't watch the preview for the next episode, left with some major cliffhangers. That that was my single biggest, I don't want to say, I guess issue with the episode is they, I mean, they could have just stopped it there and left it on the cliffhanger, but then they showed the uh, preview and you're like, oh, so that's how it ends and stuff. And it's clear that they're, uh, like Caleb said, moving on to a second pod, if you will. But then again, um... I mean, we know Star Ward comes back because he's always in Chloe Bennett's set videos on Instagram. So <laughs> she did post a funny video of Jeff walking down like an alleyway trying to take her phone this week. So I kind of laughed at that. <laughs> Jeff Loeb? Yeah, Jeff's like, oh, I told you not to film anything. So. <laughs> yeah, so that was good. But yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I totally um, missed that. I mean, to me, it seemed like this gooey black drug space drug stuff came out of nowhere that they were all getting hopped up on the inhuman trainer than cassius um but other than that yeah i feel sorry for mac <laughs> over the past year all the stuff he's gone through with the framework and then watching uh time loop yo-yo dying and yeah i kind of feel bad for the guy so with the black stuff I kept feeling like I was seeing something that was MCU connected, but then it wasn't, you know, like, first of all, it looks Ronan had like a lot of this like black face paint, you know, I was like, is there a Ronan connection? But I don't think there is the visual effect where their eyes go all black is the same one they used in Avengers. I think when Loki touched them with a staff, you know, to like show that they were brain controlled. Like, there was all these ways I kept thinking, oh, that's related to... No, no, it's... You know, like, it felt like a connection, like, that wasn't real. I kept trying to convince myself it was something else, but I think that is a first time for that stuff, right? Yeah, the Black Goo, like, the whole Black Goo storyline, to me, if it was just for this episode, just had no value. You know, it, it, it helped move things along, but it was just a further complication. Um... Unless it's coming back to be more important. Yeah, it seems like it has something to do with this Coulson's gonna die thing. So I know people say I should have faith and trust in these writers. <laughs> if Coulson is threatened by this stuff killing him, and they don't come back to the deal that he made with Ghost Rider, it's gonna drive me crazy. Because it's adding a new plot element that could, you know, like... They could have come back and then whatever deal he made with Ghost Rider is, you know, is like the thing that's killing him. So like if they if they throw away that one plot element and add a new one just because it's I don't know, that is going to be rather frustrating to me. But people say I should trust them. I will try to believe that they are purposefully doing something with it. So and Gabriel Luna did show up at the black panther premiere like the rest of the agents of shield cast so maybe he's maybe he's popping back up yes that was weird 
I was playing conspiracy theorist the other day because his uh, his post from the Black Panther <laughs> premiere was also liked by Deborah Ann Wall, and I was like, "What if Ghost Rider saves Matt from hell? That would be so. It would. I, I'd never see it coming, you know. So, <laughs> if that's the one crossover that they do, I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about like Flint and the Zombie Lady and uh, Deke. Uh, I mean, there was sort of these characters that uh, are kind of left in the future. Do you think we'll see them again? And if we don't, do you are you happy with the resolution or will you be kind of sad to see them go? Yes. Yes, you're happy to see them go. And yes, you think we'll see them again? Is that what that <laughs> no, means? <laughs> no, I think we'll see them again. I think we'll see them again. Um, you know, they, they set them up too much for them not to come into play at some point. And if they don't come around and we see them again, it'll be one of these shield plots that they, I'm sure if we just trust and it keeps going on for several seasons, they'll come by and wrap up. Season nine, it'll, it'll all come together. Am I the only one that didn't know Enoch was a robot? I didn't realize he was a robot. Yeah, I didn't, he was a lot more tech, like... Yeah, he was a lot more yeah, electronic. I, than thought I thought he was he an was. alien, and then I guess saw him get sliced open, and I'm like, wait, we saw him shower, so when he get electrocuted, I don't know. Yeah, and I thought at some point they—I well, mean, we saw him swimming in a swimming pool. Oh yeah, he was swimming too. Um, I thought at some point he said he was made of plastics and stuff. So, I think Enoch uh, evolved throughout the season. As the writer's room needed something else. <laughs> he could be a bean, though. I mean, I don't know. Like, Nebula at this point is half cyborg, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. This is actually a pet peeve of mine. We always assume that aliens are carbon based life forms that breathe oxygen because we're carbon based form life forms, that treat, you know? But, like, what would stop another planet from life evolving out of batteries? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Like maybe in, in other planets, life uh, is formed from argon, and they breathe carbon dioxide and exhale oxygen like trees do. You know, like I'm sure there's a good scientific reason why that doesn't work, but I don't care. I just think <laughs> we're being unfairly speciesist. That you know, our our life forms are the only way that this could work. So, no, I do think most of our alien. Um... Our, our fictional aliens lack creativity. You know, they're they're all some form of humans. You know, even if they're just two feet tall or something. And we haven't considered all the different... Yeah, I, I'm with you. We haven't considered all the different ways life could evolve. But I really don't think that al- there's aliens or any planet would evolve to be a stack of batteries. <laughs> that's probably true yeah i mean we could still go back to like the fact that he's a, a ripoff of you ought to the watcher too you know like this true. character it's weird like I, i've enjoyed him uh but i also i don't know i almost would have liked to see them develop him a little more so michael t ford is commenting on how little we trust the a- agents of shield writers which is is correct <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate <laughs> Mike, we could make that broad as how little I trust the television writers. 
I, you know, I, I just, and television writers in general, it's not even the MCU ones, you know, that they go along, they have to make a lot of decisions in the beginning and then they have to make things work later on. Um, so maybe they had Enoch fleshed out from day one. Maybe he had to evolve. Uh, now I do want to talk about, we were promised that we were going to be jaw dropping shocked by who the seer was for Cassius. Uh, did you feel like it lived up to that expectation or did that get a little overhyped by kind of the staff and crew of what was coming? I would say overhyped. I mean, I wasn't jaw-dropping shocked. I was more of like that guy at, what was it, D23 or SDCC that said, what, Thor? I was kind of like the whole what yo-yo type of shocked. I mean, this is kind of the second time that actress has kind of got us all pumped up for, and it kind of fizzled out. Because before, weren't we hoping like we were getting like a yo-yo spinoff show or, or something like that or some crazy crossover or... Then we got a mini series, if you could call it that. We got thirty minutes of something. So I wasn't jaw jockingly shocked. I wasn't shocked. Um, it was a nice twist, though. I thought. I wasn't shocked because I was spoiled, and I was only spoiled because of Twitter's stupid. You may have missed this while you were sleeping. That showed yes the actress's <laughs> tweet. Like she tweeted something about it was awesome to get to act with myself or something. And um, so I was able to put two and two together. Um, so it was pretty anticlimactic when it came about for me. Which is my fault. You know, if you don't want to be spoiled, stay off the Twitter. But still, Twitter, help me out a little bit. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s really bad about that, though. That is, It's the worst show. I feel like I go on Twitter on Saturday morning and I will know exactly what happened on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, partially because their Twitter account, I feel like, tweets like the episode in like 10 second chunks over the, <laughs> over the night. You know, like they just keep giving you little clips from the show. Yeah, I, my thing about it is when you do what they did, where you kind of put a cliffhanger in the show... And then you go to Entertainment Weekly or whoever, and you're like, oh, it's going to really surprise you. You really build it up. What happens is podcasts like our own and other folks sit down and they start hypothesizing. We start talking. And then you hear things like, oh, what if it's Raina? And we all go crazy that Ruth Nega is going to return, you know? And we do go through all of that. And there's just no way that the reveal is going to be as good as what we came up with. <laughs> and so... You know, it's just, I think it's going to lead to disappointment because people are going to like dreamcast something that's beyond what they were able to do. And uh, I just think it's a mistake to try to set yourself up for that unless you really have a great payoff, you know. Uh, the other moment I kind of enjoyed a little bit was uh, when Fitz set up his trap that like used that like string to like decapitate yeah. them. And Gemma kind of looked at him like, oh my gosh, who are you? Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> I had a, I don't know, I felt like that was a really fun little moment that played pretty well on some of what's happened over the last, you know, 10 episodes or whatever between the two of them. I felt there was a lot of meaning in that and we can probably see more, you know, are you really the man I think you are that we probably expected after the framework? You know, I, it was, it, I, I'm interested in who Fitz has become. 
Yeah, I feel like they did undercut it a little bit when it like uh, when Flint killed the guys with the rocks through the airlock. Yeah. And somebody was like, oh, that was really kind of wow. You, I can't believe you asked that kid to do that. And he was like, oh, it was Gemma's idea. Like it takes away any right uh, for Gemma to be like, I missed Fitch, that it you're Gemma. a killer because she just did the same thing. You know, it just wasn't as gruesome. But it does feel like, I mean, we've talked about this before. It does feel like ABC is trying to kick up the violence factor on the show. You know, like there's been all the talk about the 10 o'clock time slot, but we've had, you know, decapitations and impaling and uh, the Cassius Mack fight. I mean, he slit somebody's throat on camera. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I've been kind of surprised that they've gone there, but uh, I think it's been all right. Yeah. You know, ever since that Negan guy clubbed some dude's face off with a bat, I think we can get <laughs> TV's uh, turning into a lawless land. Um, the other thing I was going to say, help me either of you, if you remember, the thing with uh, Yo-Yo losing her arms, that's kind of a comic callback, right? Doesn't she have cybernetic arms in Secret Warriors in the comics? Am I going crazy? Good question. You might be. I mean, you are a Patriots fan. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything. Uh, so yeah, Yo-Yo's got uh, two uh, robot arms uh, from the Secret Warriors run back in the day. I thought I'd remember that. Um so yeah, I felt that was a pretty fun little callback, which apparently was not as uh, common as we would have thought. All right, anything else on Agents of Shield before we uh, we're not going to have any TV to talk about for like three or four weeks. What are, I'm starting to worry about content actually for the podcast. But any thoughts about what you're hoping for when they get back to Earth? I mean, I hope whatever is actually going on that they're teasing for this 100th episode. They've done so many big things in just everyday episodes this season. They're going to have to just really have something incredible. And I don't even know if Coulson dying would do it because he's died before. And we know the Kree can bring people back again and again. So I don't even know if Coulson is mortal. So I'm hoping it's actually something very big. That's a good point. I mean, 100th episodes are usually huge, and I'm not sure what it'll be at this point. I mean, the 100th one is the second one back, right? I think. I think it's the first so episode I don't know. Back. I will say, I was... Oh, is it? Is it? I, I think... Sure. I don't remember. I looked it up last know. week, but maybe the second one back. I will say, I, I was hoping for a Tahiti reference between Coulson and Tess. Like, I thought that would have been awesome. Yeah. Him telling her that she needs to go on vacation or something. Yeah. Obviously that won't work. I don't know. What Yeah. I, I think the way it's going, I if anyone kicks the bucket this season, it'll probably be Mac. The one thing I did notice that I thought was interesting was uh there's some kind of super powered bad guy person that showed up that actually looked kinda like Mortis to me from Inhumans. And it made me appreciate like the thing that they did well with the future stuff is a lot of their costuming decisions and some of the more fantastic elements felt like appropriate and like they weren't very jarring when they were on a chunk of floating earth from a destroyed planet. You know what I'm saying? Like 
the whole sci-fi, the extreme sci-fi future time travel stuff made some of the costuming and makeup like feel okay. But now that they're back in the normal time, some of those same costumes in an apartment somewhere or like, you know, walking down the street in broad daylight doesn't feel as good, you know, like it just, it's kind of interesting to me how I think they did well to create a setting where they could use like the lighting and the cinematography and all that stuff to their advantage uh, with their budget and all that stuff. All right, let's uh, go ahead and hit our main conversation. Um, it's maybe a little bit sensationalist the way that I'll probably end up titling the episode, but uh, we want to talk about if Netflix is dying or if Netflix is dead. <laughs> not, <laughs> not Netflix itself, the MCU Netflix. I think the uh, the service will probably live on for at least another year or two with their billions of dollars of revenue. Oh, what but, a sensation headline. Um, I'm of... sorry for our clickbait <laughs> podcast headline. <laughs> I mean, what we want to talk... I mean, seriously, though, uh, last February, what was the biggest story in the MCU? The stuff that was getting us probably the most clicks, the things that people were most interested in 12 months ago. Oh, it was Iron Fist. Yeah, right? It was all the casting controversy and... Iron Fist and is the show any good? I mean, I just remember people were real worked up and riled up about Iron Fist. Um, now we have Jessica Jones coming back. It was a show that a lot of people loved the first time. And, I, you know, buzz is always hard to empirically measure, but it just doesn't seem like people care. Am I like, I don't know. It's just been so quiet even when we're getting like set photos and stuff like they're slowly revealing these things uh to deadline or ew or whatever i i don't feel like there's all that much interest i don't feel like i'm seeing a lot of talk about it on social media does it feel like there's a discernible difference between how excited people were about netflix a year ago versus the netflix mcu right now i think so i mean i literally keep forgetting that iron fist is filming um and that Luke Cage is coming out after Jessica Jones. Um, and I used to just sort of live and breathe this whole schedule. I mean, it, it's my, it's, it's probably still my favorite topic, but um, yeah, I mean the Jessica Jones set photos that came out this week, I think it's also like, I think they've locked down a lot of things in an effort to not reveal too much. And um maybe that is backfiring as well. Because I know if you give me one set photo of Daredevil with Matt Murdock and his mom walking down the street, I will be talking about that for... Yeah, I'd, I'd probably need to podcast about that, just that, on another podcast for an hour or two or three. But I, I, it, there's just been nothing that's gotten me that excited about the Jessica Jones stuff. Adam, are you excited? I, no, I'm not excited. I'll say no. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know what it is. I guess I would rather feel like this um, than being all hyped for Defenders and it falling flat on its butt, you know. Um, it does seem weird. I mean, almost like this week it'll be a month until we get Jessica Jones Season 2, right? March 8th it's coming out. So, 
Yeah, like the, the I don't want to. Yeah, I I don't know where the hype is or the talk. I mean, I don't really even see that much chatter on social media. So I'm not sure. I mean, around Netflix shows in particular, there's not really that much talk. I mean, Stranger Things was an exception, you know, and Black Mirror, the most recent season, had had a decent amount of talk. But Netflix show shows in a whole don't really have that much hype leading up to until it premieres. And obviously the MCU's been different so far. Um, but I think the talk around Jessica season two kind of is in line with all the other Netflix shows at this point, I would guess. I mean, obviously Stranger Things is an anomaly, but for the most part, I mean, all the Netflix originals that come out, they just kind of fly under the radar and are released and then people find out that they're good. You know, and that's when the hype picks up. I was just thinking about like Luke Cage. A month ahead, we were. I remember us waiting, like we had like a count, like uh, on the website, on our personal, like uh, on our conversations behind the scenes. We we're like, all right, we got to be ready for the trailer. Let's have a draft ready. Like this trailer's coming any day. Like we were so pumped about Luke Cage, and I think if Jessica Jones dropped a trailer, I think we would kind of be like. Oh yeah, that's right. This is happening. You know, like, I don't know. Let's make sure to get that out sometime today. <laughs> yeah. No, we would rush to get that out. Um, and, and that first Jessica Jones trailer. It. it I mean, I, I think people were really excited when that first Jessica Jones trailer came out for season two. Um, it had some cool stuff. But it also didn't give anything new to be super excited about. So I don't even really feel like we know who the villain is and anything about the story. Um, Luke Cage, we don't know anything about what sort of story they're going with there. If they dropped... I mean, I, mean, I feel like they could revive the excitement in these shows. You know, if they confirmed Typhoid Mary... For Jessica Jones, I think folks would get really excited again. If Luke Cage came out and said that they were going to, or, you know, gave us some hint of maybe White Tiger or something, then I think that would really get people excited. Um, if Daredevil, you know, Daredevil has done a little bit to, to you know, they've let us know that we're going to have Maggie. Um, and that we're going to have Fisk with it, which I think there's still plenty of excitement over that. Um, I don't know what Iron Fist is going to do to get people excited. <laughs> I think Iron Fist got people as excited as they're going to get by announcing a new showrunner. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's ways that they can build up the excitement for the Netflix universe. I think for a long time we talked about how. Like, we were big cheerleaders for, hey, let's do three a year. Like, you know, we were always fussing about the fact there was only two. We're like, three you know, three Netflix shows a year. What if they could push it to four shows a year? Do we kind of, like, is it possible that we don't know what we really need? Like, is it possible that some of this is the amount of content? That going to three a year has kind of diluted the product a little bit? Or is that just crazy talk? Well, ultimately... Jeff Loeb isn't listening to me. So what I want <laughs> isn't guiding what they're doing. 
I assume there's far more information going into those decision-making processes and not just this is what fans want. So, um, you know, each show is having plenty of time to be developed and everything. So I don't think that filming for a year, for a year is a problem. I don't think if we're actually getting for a year, which we have no reason to believe we are, but if we were, I don't think it would be a problem. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it ultimately comes down to the quality. You know, if we have four Iron Fist season ones in a row, you know, or even three and one really good one, you know, I think that's when the fatigue's going to come in because being on the site and having to write and all that stuff, you know, obviously we need to binge it so we're not spoiled and all that stuff. And it's just a drag, you know, even good shows, it's a drag trying to get all 13 episodes through, you know, I mean, maybe that could play a role in it. You know, do you guys think, I mean, obviously a lot of us just try to make it in one or two sittings, you know, I mean, I think Caleb paces himself out a little bit. Um, but I mean, my even... children helped me pace it out, but yeah, <laughs> needless to say, we didn't want the four-year-old around for punishment. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, do you think that, plays a role in it i guess i mean i know it's almost exhausting watching what trying to watch all this stuff in such a short time frame yeah i mean rhiannon has mentioned well i mean we could do a whole i think rhiannon has this awesome idea of like a presentation at a comic-con about how writing about this stuff and being part of this like blog podcast a sphere changes your perception and changes how you feel about these things and i think it I don't know. This would be maybe this. This is probably the most self-indulgent conversation we've had. Fans are like, no, it's just you three that feel this way. So I, I, I don't know. I think there's something to that. I think that we probably are a little feel different because of the shows mean work on the website. The shows mean, um, you know, often binging. It means writing reviews. I don't know. I, I think that could have a role in all this stuff. So. Yeah, and that's, you know, and I'm trying, and and that could just be that we, you know, us three personally are learning how that affects things. And so we aren't yearning for every piece of information like we have in the past. That, you know, it could just be us. Our listeners should let us know, is it just us? Have we become totally narcissistic about this? Are they still excited? I mean, Michael T. Ford pointed out in the um, in the live chat that Punisher was pretty well reviewed, that people enjoyed Punisher. Yeah. And I guess I think the thing to me is just I agree, but I feel like people enjoyed it differently. Like uh, I know from our listener stats on our podcast for the Punisher, people listen to that uh that episode a lot slower than other podcasts because i think they took a week or two to watch it you know like when daredevil i remember the first season of daredevil i feel like people watched all 13 episodes in about 13.2 hours you know like they just like ate it up so fast and i do feel like if nothing else people are stringing the shows out a little bit more and watching them a little more slowly if that makes any sense yeah I was going to ask, so one of the things is when Daredevil first came out, one of the things that really appealed to people is that it was sort of a gritty MCU, right? Or it was uh, a <laughs> gritty you know, and grounded grit to it. 
you know, and it was very, you know, it was more violent. It was uh, kind of PG-16, as we've kind of called it, or whatever. Um, do you feel like some of this may be that, that that itch has been scratched a little bit more? Like, Daredevil is a little different post-Deadpool, post-Logan. Like, the fact that so, there is comic movies that are filling that void, I think, kind of changes the context of... Uh, the, these TV shows a little bit. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. That the the film side is adding more of that in. Yeah, and and that's a good point. You know, you always see commenters and and people with their hot takes on social media saying, "Oh, Disney owns this. It's gonna be so and so. You know, it's gonna be a G rated movie, or you know, it's PG. Oh, it's gonna be like a Finding Nemo thing. You know, there's not gonna be anything with it." So I, I do kind of agree with that viewpoint. You know, I mean, Daredevil season one was completely something new. I mean, it was a completely different tone than anything we had seen before. You know, some dude impaled himself on some rebar or something, you know, and you're like, whoa, okay. You know, and then Kingfin decapitates someone. You're like, oh, okay. So that, that is a good point. You know, I I don't know um, if if Logan and and Deadpool took away from it. I, I guess I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think it took away from it for me, but I could see, I guess, how it would. You know, now we're even starting to get kind of some of that stuff on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like we just talked about. But that's a good point. Yeah, and I think also, like, what you, I mean, television in general, or entertainment in general, is meant to be entertaining. It's meant to be an escape so I think when like things are going well in your life and in the world and whatever, you you seek out certain types of entertainment. And when, you know, it's a completely different world right now than it was two years ago or than it was when Daredevil season one came out. So the the maybe people aren't seeking out the gritty depression field. You know, you're, you're Jessica Jones, you know, maybe I think the show, I mean, I think Jessica Jones season two is going to be incredibly, I think it's going to be a hit. I'm, I'm despite how much I've worn myself, I'm looking uh, yeah, I'm really excited for it. Um, but I think maybe the hype is that people are so tired right now about talking about women's rights and not that it doesn't need to be talked about i don't want anybody to interpret that that i'm saying it that way but that maybe the subject is so much more exhausting now than even when jessica jones season one came out two years ago and yeah i mean we saw it with punisher and the gun violence thing right like it was hard for them to hype the show because they knew the the audience was like subconsciously not feeling okay about the subject, you know? Right. Thank you. Thank you for helping me put those thoughts in order a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, and, and as far as the grit, yeah. Like agents of shield has, is a lot grittier than it was three years ago. Um, the movie universe, you know, we're going into some, some deeper stories, some darker stories so, um, yeah, I think we've got enough grit. And I think one of the interesting things for Netflix is they've tried to create a consistent tone for their universe, which in some ways I think has hurt them. Because on the film side, we always talk about how we love 
that Thor can be crazy bonanza space neon stuff. And Spider-Man Homecoming can be a cool high school movie. And Black Panther can be a James Bond feel. You know, like we always talk about how the films keep it fresh by changing tone. But because Netflix has tried to be so consistent in their tone, it also means that I think it starts to feel a little samey. I know I, I mean, again, maybe it's the cynicism of writing for about this stuff. But there are times where I see something in, say, Punisher, and I'm like, oh, there was a gratuitous violence scene so that they can be like, hey, we're Netflix and we're edgy. You know, like, <laughs> it, it's just a point at, you know, I have, a, I don't know. I, I'm this way about HBO. Whenever I watch, a, you know, when I watched Westworld, I was like, oh, look, there's nudity because HBO likes to do nudity. It, it felt like it was like part of the marketing more than it was part of the storytelling. And I do get that feel sometimes for the Netflix stuff after all these years of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, they could. I mean, I keep circling back to the dragon. I mean, that would diversify some things. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, even a place like Kun Lun, you know, technically that's like alien spaceship type stuff back in the mythos. So they could, you know, get into that stuff a little bit. But, of course, we never will. You know, at one point, what... At this point, can Netflix even add more properties? You know, I mean, what's the deal with this new Disney streaming service? You know, we got we got a Punisher spinoff, but that was announced before Disney says, hey, we're doing our own stuff now. So, I mean, are we going to be getting six or seven seasons or even five seasons of the four or five shows we got now? You know, obviously they haven't announced another season of The Defenders. Um you know what are we going to get a moon knight netflix show are we going to get a, a shang chi netflix show you know what i don't know i mean how far can these shows go I, if everything's only had two seasons so far and we're already talking about being exhausted by it you know how far do we want them to go on y'all are making me sad <laughs> <laughs> I think, Adam, part of it is it does come down to a scheduling thing. I don't think they greenlight any more new shows just because the only way they do that is if they increase their output because they already have this thing where Jessica Jones season two is hitting whatever, two and a half years after the first one came out. And so I think if unless they start doing more Marvel shows every year, I don't think Netflix can expand because each individual season would be three or four years separated from each other. I don't, I don't think they want that. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I mean, it does appear that this Disney streaming service is going to affect this and how it affects it is really interesting. Um, Rhiannon, would you, do you want to, would you want to see these shows end or would you be happy to see them move to like a, a Disney streaming service? Or do you care? I feel like these shows have a lot of stories to tell and that they could, you know, they could keep them fresh. There's lots of little characters in the comics and these stories that could have a side focus um, that keep them fresh. You know, yeah, nobody needs nine seasons of Matt Murdock fighting with Foggy Nelson, but 
if but what we've gotten is a season of Matt Murdock and Fisk that also had Owsley and you know a lot of other comic characters. We saw a season of Matt Murdock and the Punisher, and then or a half season pretty much of him and the Punisher, and a half season of him and Electra. We're going to have another season that's bringing in his mother and bringing in Fisk. And I could sit here and just like list out characters that they could feature to make, you know, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has managed to reinvent itself every season. I feel like Daredevil's a character that they could reinvent and continue for a long time, as long as, you know, we didn't get tired of... I, we're not going to get tired of shut up y'all we're not going to get tired of charlie fox's daredevil <laughs> i don't care what you say um anyways and i feel like there's some of those characters that they get you know th- that they share and i mean i feel jessica jones how she comes in season two will be a good indicator if they can recreate that magic because season one of jessica jones was absolutely magical what they did with that show it was it was unique it was gut-wrenching it it took you places it um if they can recreate that that would be fantastic and i could see them continuing on season after season i don't think they need to keep doing more spinoffs you know if they do introduce moon knight or if if you know if they do a backdoor pilot for moon knight in the Netflix MCU, I, I think that is too many characters. You know, I think it means that they do need to end some of the character series. I think, um, you know, I, I, I've said it a lot. I don't think each character needs their own series. I don't think everybody needs a standalone series. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't want a bunch of new series on Netflix, but I feel like they could do things where the characters get featured in some of these existing series without diminishing the character. I would be interested in them looking at the idea of Netflix or mouse flicks movies. You know, Netflix is increasingly doing sort of film as a thing and not just TV shows. I think if we talk about kind of oversaturation and people feel like it's too much and it's so hard to binge, um, you know, I mean, Ultimately, what they want is to keep subscribers. And I'm going to keep paying for Netflix if it's a Daredevil two-hour movie or if it's a 13-hour show. Like, it's not going to change whether or not I have a subscription to Netflix. And so if they wanted to move where they did more films and they maybe put a little more budget into a shorter uh, sort of shorter format, I would be I'd be cool with that. You know, I'm, I'm suspicious Defenders might have been a better film than it would have been an eight-hour show, you know? Um, and so, I don't know. I think that's another possibility for the stuff as it goes on is that you don't have to be... I don't think they have to be married to this 13-hour TV show format. Uh, I think that they could play around with it and do lots of different things. All right. Uh, let's, uh, we're going to wrap up here and do our mailbag. Uh, first of all, thank you to both uh, Jackhammer and... Uh, Michael Ford for being in our uh, chat. They had lots of good uh, comments. Uh, it was the uh, Michael T. Ford was suggesting that if we combine Luke and Iron yes. Fist, it would open up a slot. So yes, that is true. <laughs> if we had a Heroes for Hire show, that would help. Um, one of the other points that he made that I thought was really good was that 
Um, once July is over next year, once Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out, we have a solid eight months before another Marvel movie comes out. And so uh, it may be that the hype level for, well, gosh, Iron Fist, Iron Fist <laughs> yes. of all things, will be a lot higher because yeah. there's just not going to be, you know, particularly if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't renewed. I mean, if we're looking at it, it could get real dire if next October uh, Cloak and Dagger is over. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been canceled. No movies are coming out. I mean, you know, Runaways and Iron Fist are like holding the show down. Maybe New Warriors, you know, like the TV side will probably get a lot more uh, publicity once we are not having space for the uh, you know movies. So I think that was a really, uh, a really good point. So. Um, Jack Hammer had a funny comment just about how uh, Fitz that line that Fitz had we can't outrun them we just have to uh, we have to make them scared to follow us it was like yes that is very cold and terrifying uh, it's really fun to see uh, to see Fitz kind of play that role uh, Adam was there any uh, do you remember I don't remember anything particular on Twitter this week from comments do you no I don't think so uh, headed over to MCU, excuse me, MCU Exchange. All right. Um, uh, several people, including Ultimate Typeface, mentioned on the website that there is a War Machine Captain Marvel relationship in the comics, and just how much they did or did not like the idea of Rhodey, uh, connecting with um, uh, with Captain Marvel. Uh, I don't know. That would feel pretty forced to me, but maybe in the comics it makes more sense. Um, there's also some talk about how it's uh, be interesting to see Jessica Jones and Captain Marvel talk since they are buddies in the comics. Uh, Devil Dinosaur wants to see Marvel in another dimension so that we can get a Thanos Imperative movie. If you don't know that comic line, that's it's kind of interesting. There's an evil Captain Marvel in it, so that would be cool. Uh, Spencer Duke Blevins says the March 2nd episode with Dove Cameron will be episode 99. So, uh, I believe him. Uh, lots of different comments from Chris. He said I was right about preview comics being terrible. Someone else said they're not. And he said, yes, they are. <laughs> uh, I will help you with this. They are. The biggest problem with the preview comic is eight, like eight or 12 of the 22 pages was the last 10 minutes of Civil War with crappy art you know like it's literally the same script with garbage art i don't like them anyways uh so uh love waffle was talking about uh how everett ross is kind of taking over phil colson's role in the mcu that would be kind of interesting uh alvin also mentioned that dr strange didn't really let have a love interest with christine palmer I just say wait till the sequel. It's a love interest. They just haven't got there yet. You know, it's coming. Um, and then uh, Dave was asking about uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and how S.H.I.E.L.D. will pop up in Captain Marvel and what that'll look like. Uh, also, he asked if Alexander Pierce would show up. That would be a huge get if there was like a Robert Redford de-age scene in Captain Marvel. I think that would be really cool. But uh I doubt that it will happen. 
my guess is Redford does not do cameos, and if he does, he does not do them for cheap. So, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. You guys can interact with us a lot of different ways. If you want to send us messages on Twitter, we're at Marvel News Desk. You can also communicate with us via our SoundCloud or MCU Exchange posts, which happen each week. Uh, if you want to support the show, show, we would love for you to give us a buck a month over at Patreon. Just go to www.marvelnewsdesk.com and you can sign up there. That'll get you access to our special MCU uh, film ranking episode. It also gets you uh, $5 a month will allow you to see the live stream. And all of our subscribers get that live stream uh, at some point or the other. Uh, and I'm thinking about some other uh, little video content things that I might be trying to work up for the Patreon folks. Um, if you want the show to be more visible, one of the best things you can do for us is leave us a five-star review on iTunes so that people can find it. The number one thing you do every week and we appreciate is that you listen and you tell your, your friends. Uh, thank you to Tim Cox for putting together our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim B. Cox. And thank you to Alvin who gave us our theme music. You can find his music across all social media forums. Uh, platforms at the skull school uh we're getting really excited about black panther i think rhiannon you're going to get to see it a little early right maybe yeah that's the plan awesome so good for you i'm really looking forward to the show uh that, that movie it's coming out soon uh, not next week but the week after we'll do our review of that so thanks for listening to the podcast and we'll talk to you guys later bye <laughs>